hey, Jim, look around the room right now. Everyone is here because of you. The moment I heard those words, it changed everything for me. And yet it changed nothing because I truly am what I always felt I was. I'm the connector. That clarity is what brings me to you and what drives this show, the Remote Start Podcast. Here, I connect my lifelong passion for bringing people together with my love of business and branding in hopes that these talks might better connect your community with what your company is all about. So let's figure out your brand. Let's figure out the target audience you want to serve and how we can use these two things to create an incredibly strong community for your business. I'm your host, Jim Doyon. Let's get something started. Remote Start Nation. The more your brand grows, the more you're putting out content and customer touch points. That means the more important an omni-channel marketing strategy becomes for you. The goal here is to move the customer further through the purchasing pipeline at all of your touch points. And at these touch points, the customer experience should be seamless and effortless. So let me ask you, do you have a product that you sell in retail stores? Is it also sold online? Are you managing sales through not only direct to consumer, but also through other partners? I'm Jim Doyon, your host. And on this episode, we are going to be speaking with one entrepreneur who's been crazy busy scaling his brand, Yo Mama's Foods. David Habib is the CEO of Yo Mama's Foods. They craft healthy pasta sauces, salad dressings, condiments, and they can be found in more than 16,000 retail stores nationwide, including Whole Foods, Target, Walmart, Giant, and Amazon. Remote Start Nation, David is going to share his startup story and help us understand more the importance of building a brand and using omnichannel marketing as the strategy to do so. So without further ado, I want to welcome you. David, what's going on, my man? Thank you for joining us. Jim, thank you. This is, this is awesome. I am very excited to have you on board. I'm very excited to not only talk about Omnichannel, which we haven't talked about on any of the episodes so far. So I'm, I'm excited about that and to hear from your firsthand approach how you used it. But I'm really excited about this, this business that you created and, and you, know, you being first-generation American, grew up inspired by your mom and her ability to unite people of all cultures and backgrounds around the table of healthy and delicious food. So my first question to you on that, it's how has your family and your upbringing played a role in starting your business? Yes, Jim, you know, uh, family is, is, is definitely everything to me. And, and growing up, uh, your mom was such a unifier. She always, uh, valued home cooked meals. Um, she was a working mother as was my, my father, but. Uh, you know, family dinner was something that was non-negotiable and uh, it's still non-negotiable today. And um, those, uh, you know, special moments around the dinner table is, is uh, you know, a huge piece of my upbringing and a big piece of our brand today. Um, so that that cultural element of just gathering around the, the table, even if it was for five minutes for, you know, a quick meal, uh, those are those, those special moments that I think our world needs, uh, even more so today, you know, as, as everyone is plugged into 55 different emails and devices, that family dinner, uh, and that gathering around the table is, is what we ultimately strive to uh, do. So 
I, I couldn't agree more. And you're doing an incredible part of, you know, offering that to so many other families by nutritious meals and, you know, letting them kind of carry on that same tradition. So uh, my hat's off to you there. So I, let's talk about your mama's food. So you started in 2017, but you grew up with your mom, you know, uniting people and, and delivering this delicious food for your family at dinner time. And, you know, at what point did you start to think like, is there a business I can take care of? Is there something I can do to, to, to keep passing this on? Absolutely. So I was working in, in corporate America and uh, I was eating out often, uh, you know, really, really missing that, that homemade uh, meal, that, that homemade family dinner. And um, when, when I wasn't eating out, I was looking for really quick options. Uh, I, I, I kind of, uh, you know, found a gap in the marketplace for healthy food that also tasted good, that, that made me feel good. Um, so instead I was eating a lot of pasta and, and sauce and I would go to Trader Joe's and I would, you know, grab a few jars of their sauce and, um, it, it would just give me, you know, wicked heartburn. Uh, I, I wasn't, wasn't sleeping well, you know, I, I, uh, I kind of went, went down this, this rabbit hole, you know, I started to, to look at what we are eating and what's in packaged foods. And I started to look at the ingredient statements and see all these things like calcium carbonate and citric acid and sodium and, and just a lot of excess things, excess salts, excess sugars that, that didn't have to be there. Yeah. And, uh, it really made me reminisce on, on my childhood and, and how, how mom made her sauce and most of, of, of her salad dressings. you know, everything was all simple and it was all fresh. And that was really the idea of, you know, how can we clean up the, uh, the consumer packaged goods category? How can we use all the ingredients that mom has in her pantry, uh, which is yep. what we still do today. And how do we bring this as a way to save people time and to ultimately give families uh, something that's not in, in the marketplace. Uh, and that was the, the start. So. I left my job uh, January 2017. Uh, we launched the business Mother's Day of 2017, awesome. and uh, and that was the start, you know, of this wild adventure that I'm I'm still on today. So before, that's such a cool adventure, by the way, and it's such a, a cool story of of you know seeing that and understanding that there's a void and you know making a difference and and deciding to become an entrepreneur to to fill that void. Did you, what were some of the processes that you went through prior to launching? I mean, this is, I imagine there was a lot of testing. It was, you know, probably a lot of conversations with your mom about recipes and everything else. Like walk us through that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I call this phase, the expensive air phase. Uh, you know, I think, um, you know, there's, there's a competitive advantage with, with being a little bit naive and not knowing much about how the food business works, how the packaged foods business works, uh, you know, what a, a distributor is, how, how the stores work. Uh, I feel like if I knew everything I know today, I would have never had the courage to ultimately do it. Um, so I think that there's a, a huge advantage there. Uh, but really, I mean, food, food is all science. So our, our first piece, uh, or our first, uh, you know, puzzle that we had to solve is, how can we create something that tastes good, that's good for you, 
It's not loaded with all this preservatives and junk and garbage. Only uses ingredients that mom has in her pantry. Uh, but how can, can we ultimately make it shelf, shelf stable so it doesn't you know, spoil? And um, my mom used wine in her sauce growing up. Um, and wine broke down the acidity of the tomatoes. All of the alcohol cooked off during the cooking process. Uh, and it just right, it brought out a really nice natural sweetness to the pasta sauce without having to add sugar uh, and without having to put a lot of salt in it to preserve it and then ultimately yeah. bottle it. Um, so that was, you know, that's what, what we still do today. You know, everything's made with fresh tomatoes, fresh basil, fresh onion, fresh garlic. There's no added sugar. It's low in, in sodium. It's all keto and, and paleo friendly as well. Um, but it's really just, you know, uh, taking these uh, seemingly complex uh, items that, you know, people purchase and saying, hey, how, how can we do this in a homemade approach? using only ingredients that, you know, mom has, but how can we also understand science and say, okay, well, you need some type of preservative element in this so that it, it, it lasts long and it still tastes fresh. Uh, yeah. But instead of using, you know, all these garbage items, well, why don't you look for something uh, with a vinegar or a wine base that, that can ultimately make it uh, and, and taste even, even better. So that was really the the initial days. Uh, I'd say there was a lot of mistakes, a lot of errors, uh, a lot of you know people trying to take advantage of you in those early days as as well. You know, I think it's very easy for uh, you know larger companies to kind of overlook you and and, and to not really take you seriously, especially in the uh, food business. So um, yeah, you know the first couple of years were were a big challenge. It was, it was a big uphill battle, you know, uh, going through hundred percent plus of your personal savings, uh, you know, building out the products, understanding who the customer is constantly iterating, you know, your, your packaging just based on, on customer feedback. Um, yeah. but, uh, to, to really answer your question, Jim, the first thing I did was, uh, create the actual brand and that was, uh, that's what, what, what got me excited about the entire process. Um, so I went on the US PTO website. Uh, I made sure that, you know, that I, I could get a, a trademark for our logo and our brand name. Uh, I worked with a good friend, uh, Madeline, who, who did our, our first logo. And that was, that was really uh, the most important step for me because I'm, I'm just a very visual person. So once I could see, excuse me, and, and hear, the actual brand, then the rest of it all just became fun. Now, did you decide when you started, was it based around a pasta sauce or was that just the first product you knew you wanted to get to market, but the brand was going to incorporate a, a whole slew of products? Exactly. So, so we, I, I always had this, this vision of, of making it a large collection of fast moving items that, that customers use quickly, uh, specifically for. For me, I was using a lot of pasta sauce and salad dressings, and those were the two gaps that I saw in the marketplace, uh, just from a personal use uh, of, of areas that that we wanted to ultimately focus on. That's that's so smart. And to start with your brand, I from a, owning a branding agency, I can tell you, I feel that's very important. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, a lot of times when you have that, you're that visual learner, like you said, and, and to see something and, and understand like, okay, this is my baby. I've got it. This is now it's just fit, you know, going from step A to B. Now that you already have the vision created, a lot of times that, that helps you to, to go along the way because you know, like, Hey, this is the real deal. Like this is, this is here. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's awesome. So, all right. So you start, you, you quit your job in January, you launched this in February, right? You said February. Uh, we launched Mother's Day uh, 2017. So a couple of months after. Mo- okay. Mother's Day. And uh, I mean, was it right away? Like, where was the first place that you sold this? How did you go to market? I started small uh, and I started at a lot of the local shops uh, in the San Pete Clearwater area. I um, started with some of the smaller, more regional chains. And those were really important, extremely challenging days. Uh, you know, you would, you would go in, uh, these grocery managers would ask you, uh, you know, where, where are you selling? You don't, you don't have anywhere else. So someone has to take a chance on you. Uh, and Bradley, uh, was, was the first grocery manager who, who gave us a shot. And it's the first, you know, six months is really just getting on the sales floor understanding the importance of doing demos, especially for, for, for food, you know, um, you have to convince someone that's already purchasing their sauce or their dressing that they should stop purchasing the brand that they've been buying for 20 years and start purchasing your, your brand. So yeah, the only way to, to, to do that when you're small is, is to get on the sales floor and to do all of those, uh, demos. And to make sure that, you know, customers are, are ultimately trying it and enjoying it so that they could then bring, bring their friends in. Um, so that was the start. However, I knew that that wasn't sustainable. Um, I knew, you know, food is volume or anything yeah. in consumer packaged goods. You have to sell uh, a whole bunch of units for the business to actually make sense and for you to get enough buying power to uh, decrease your cost of, of goods as well. So our, our cost of goods were very expensive and still are because we use all fresh ingredients. So we knew that the only way we can really scale the business was to grow our points of distribution. And that was the start of our Amazon adventure. So this is now October, 2017, uh, we launched the brand on Amazon. And, um, you know, this is before, I guess, Amazon became the wild, wild west of, um, you know, food. Uh, yeah. Not a lot of people were, were purchasing food online in 2017. It was, it was definitely growing. Uh, but that was a really important piece of our launch strategy. And uh, I, I think it was, looking back, it was uh, one of the most important decisions that, that we made as a brand. Uh, was to launch online, have a good, successful online presence in, in, in order to grow the retail side. And I want to, I definitely want to talk about that further, but I want to, I want to hold you there for a minute. And I want to go back to something uh, that you mentioned twice in Remote Start Nation. I want, you know, even though we're talking right now about, we're going to get into omni-channel and, and talking about, you know, direct to consumer. And, you know, even if you don't have a product that's going direct to consumer. It's so important as David did to get in front of your customer. And you had mentioned David early on about, 
you know, you've changed up the packaging and you, you've changed up different things about the brand. And it's because you've listened to your customer. And when you're first starting and you don't have a lot of customers, there's no better way to get in front of them at doing an, doing an event, doing a pop-up, doing, you know, something for vendor days, doing something to get in front and giving samples or just showcasing your product to get feedback and understand what your customer, what they want. So it's not always about what you want. It's about producing what your customer wants. So you hit on that twice. And I just wanted to bring the importance of that back up to the top and just remind the remote star nation, like regardless of what your product is, getting in front of the right customer and listening is going to help you to grow tremendously. And I'm sure, you know, back to you, David, I'm sure a lot of that when you got on the Amazon, you probably continued to listen to a lot of what, about what your customer was saying on there. Absolutely. So, well, we, we started looking at, at how customers were, were finding us and so much of it was through low carb search terms or keto or paleo type of search terms. And these were things that, you know, um, we didn't try to build our, our brand on that platform and, and we don't do that today, but we were naturally a low carb, healthier alternative because we didn't load the product with a whole bunch of sugar or, uh, you know, preservatives and then sodium. So. Um, by understanding how customers found us, that was a really important piece that enabled our online growth because now we can start to geographically understand, you know, where where is the demand for our brand? How can we look at, at, at the specific zip codes that we're uh, shipping to? And that really allowed us to start early on. And I'd say that this is such an important piece of any brand launching online is make sure that you study and you really understand that customer data because it's so important. And that geographic targeting, uh, you know, th these were now heat maps that, that we can then take to retail stores and say, hey, you know, we have this data that's showing that, you know, X percent of our online orders are, are in this spe specific region, you know, we we see this as a great opportunity for your chain to ultimately carry our items. And that just snowballed over time. Um, you know, I, I tried to get into Whole Foods. Uh, that was one of our, our first major accounts I tried to get into in the early days. And uh, it took us a while uh, to ultimately get in. I tried with the Florida region. It didn't work out. I tried with the Southeast region. It didn't work out. And then we tried with the National region. Uh, and the buyer uh, was named Danielle, uh, and she was really um, our first major account. And she really looked at that Amazon data, and that was the same time that Amazon acquired Whole Foods. And that was a really important piece of uh, honestly growing our brand and and uh, building it to the exact target customer. So, uh, you know, when I think about a specific framework and how you can kind of break it down. Uh, I think it's, it's the idea of, of, of starting small uh, yeah. while also thinking big, you know, and then making sure that you're scaling quickly. But before you scale quickly, as you said already, Jim, you know, making sure that you understand who your customer is and why they are finding you and why they need your item before you do all of that. Yeah, I, such good advice. So you, you took this data 
about your customer. You knew where they at were at, and you used that to now, I, I mean, people can't lie with the data. So if you're showing a customer, like, listen, this is, this is needed in people are searching for this. It's a lot harder for them to say no. And finally, it sounds like you got a yes and uh, Whole Foods, that was your first big retailer you said, and, and, you know, it took off from there. So, you know, from, from day one of the Whole Foods to now being in over, you know, 16,000 retail stores nationwide, did you continue to use that same model or did you have to scale and do different things? Yes. Uh, and, and online and e-com and the omni-channel approach is really uh, crucial to our brand and where our team spends a lot of our time is really understanding that intersection between both retail and online and how can online complement retail and how can your retail presence also complement online. So, uh, Jim, uh, you know, COVID was a huge, uh, uh, piece of, I think our growth, you know, we were, we were one of the fortunate brands, um, that, you know, saw extreme demand as customers were cooking more from home. They were, yeah. you know, reading labels more. They were looking for healthier alternatives. And, uh, you know, we saw huge, huge growth, uh, during COVID and it was really, uh, it really traded up a lot of customers, you know, people who were buying, um, not as premium brands or brands that, that didn't taste as fresh, you know, stumbled upon our brand because we had a very good and still do have, have a great online presence. Um, and that was, uh, a good, you know, uh, decision point for them because they were able to ultimately try our brand and they came, came back and are, are still our customers today. Um, so you never know with the online side, uh, you know, what specific spikes can occur. You know, you may get a yeah. local news segment, um, you know, maybe, maybe you're on Oprah's favorite things and, and you see all of the, these spikes, but nothing is, uh, is as important as understanding, uh, the intersection of retail and online. And I tell that to a lot of different brands. I, I don't think that brands today can only have a retail presence. And I don't think brands today can only have a online presence. You absolutely have to have both. And it's, it's about, you know, to take it one step further, it's not just about having both. It's about having the same consistent message, the same look and feel, the same, you know, uh, target and understanding your customer. And then bringing your product to them and how, in the way they want to see it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. What are some of the ways, you know, let's talk marketing a little bit. What are some of the ways and even advertising that you're, you know, when you say you have a, a very strong online presence, you know, what are, what are you doing? What's the team working on that's that you're seeing, um, you know, drive pretty successful results. Yes. Uh, one of our, our, our favorite things, uh, that, that Chris and on our team has been working on. Uh, so we have these great recipe videos uh, that educate customers on some unique ideas of how they can ultimately use our items. Um, and that we use a QR code on all of our, our packages. And uh, that allows, you know, thousands of customers who are purchasing our items weekly. It gives them a platform to then scan that code and go and see all of our online work see our social media work, our branding work, our recipe work, 
And that allows them to be a little bit more engaged in a really interactive way. Um, these recipe videos are, are 30 seconds each. You know, we're not asking them to, to, to watch for 30 minutes, but it's really uh, allowed us to connect with the customer on a much more meaningful uh, level. Another thing uh, that, that we just started, uh, we launched our brand on QVC this year as well. We never, uh, we never had the opportunity to sell on the TV media, uh, which is, you know, I think another channel versus the e-com channel. Uh, but that's been another really unique way of uh, reaching the customer at a different medium and, and also uh, being able to, uh, to, to work on that same messaging and have additional outlets to, to sell the, the, the items. Now, with that said, and, and QBC, uh, do they have you come on the show from your people from your team come on the show and actually sell the product or are they selling it for you? Yeah. Uh, so I, I had the opportunity to, to go on the show and, and do a nice uh, sales segment, which was excellent. That's cool. That's where I was going with that. Did you, so, I mean, what was that like? Did you, were, were you pretty nervous leading up to it? Yeah, uh, I wasn't too nervous. You know, I think I've, uh, I've had my fair share of, uh, you know, category meetings and, and public speaking. Uh, what was very challenging, Jim, uh, was that I filmed it during Hurricane Ian. Um, so I was, uh, it, it was the day that Hurricane Ian hit Florida where we're headquartered. Oh, wow. Uh, and our, our power at the headquarters was, was going in and out all day. So, uh, you know, just another, Another challenge for a entrepreneur is you just say yes and figure it out later, but you don't realize that you're going to be scheduled on the day of a major, you know, cat, cat four hurricane. Uh, but fortunately we had made it through, uh, it was a, a nine minute area, a great experience and, uh, definitely looking forward to, to some additional TV opportunities. That's cool. That's what, a, what an awesome experience. And the fact that you as the CEO could go on and, and talk about your product and tell your story. And, you know, I'm sure that was something that, uh, you'll never forget. Definitely. So let's talk a little bit more about marketing. So I, I, I love the, the QR code. I think that's a great idea because what it does, and you kind of hit on this a little bit, but it, you're not just selling a product. Now you're inviting them into your family. You're inviting them into it's that now it's becoming more of a lifestyle. You know, what else? What else can, you know, just this product do for them? Well, it's going to show you how to make better food, how to, how you do it, how the family did it. Like that's, I think that's such a good idea. And when you can tie in, you know, in, in remote certain nation, think about this for your brand. What can you do? What can you offer your client that is educational, that can help them understand your story better and fit into their lifestyle? And that's, that's what you guys have done. And it's, it's great. Thank you. You know, it, it's definitely a, a work in progress and, you know, we're always listening to, to what customers message us or tell us. And, you know, for, for a long time, they were asking for recipes and they were, you know, wanting to see different versatile uses for the dishes. And, uh, you know, we knew that we had to invest that, that time and those resources to, to ultimately make that happen. That's, that's great. What, a, is there anything else on, you know, omni-channel strategy and, you know, things that have worked for you that you might be doing that could help some, some other business owners? 
Yes. Uh, don't decide to launch on Amazon till you are ready uh, for Amazon. Uh, I think it's a really important uh, lesson uh, is that, you know, you need to be ready to do customer service 24-7. You need to be ready to really manage your brand. You know, unfortunately, there's so many things on the online channel that's out of your control when it comes to shipping or it comes to damages or, um, you know, lost packages. And these are things that you have to have very clear plans and very clear paths, um, you know, outlined with your, your team in order to succeed because ultimately that's your reputation online. And that's, you know, going back to the Omni channel, customers are in stores looking at items and then they pull out their phone and they go on, on Amazon and, and, and they try to see if they could get it cheaper or, or if they could get it faster, if it's out of stock and that works vice versa too. You know, someone's reading something online, uh, you know, maybe it takes them seven times to see your brand before they ultimately purchase it. But if they saw you online and they read, you know, poor feedback, it's very unlikely that you will get that, you know, future order from them in the, in the actual store. So um, customer experience is absolutely everything and making sure that, that you delight those customers and that you have plans in place for when things uh, don't go well, because that's inevitable in the world of shipping. Uh, I think that's a really important piece of your online strategy. And do you have, is there like a tolerance level that says, you know, we'll refund or we'll get back and that's it's a certain amount or how to, what's your uh, procedure there? As long as customers show us that they purchased the item and can prove with a order ID or a proof of receipt, we have a no questions asked policy. So if there's anything that our customers are not happy about, as long as they, they can prove that they purchased it, uh, we will um, ship them of replacement at no cost. Speaking of customer feedback, I imagine you get quite a few customers that are, are extremely happy about that. Yes. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's very rewarding for our team to take um, a zero-star experience and uh, turn it into a loyal five-star customer uh, who will then tell their friends and their family, um, you know, about a company that went out of their way to make sure that they were taken care of. And, um, you know, there's there's that framework of, you know, uh, one ha one happy customer will tell you know one person and one unhappy yeah. customer will tell 10 um, yeah. and that's you know very true so anything that you can do to to make an experience a happy one after it's been a uh, negative one is is very important and again it, it can be very frustrating because so many things are out of your your control you know it's not our fault that uh, you know, one of the postal carriers uh, chose to play football with one of our packages. Uh, however, you know, it's just it's just something that all brands have have to deal with when when they're shipping online. Yeah, it 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 really is. We just, uh, I sold my clothing brand that I had started. Uh, my business partner and I sold it in 2020. But you know, I was a lot of the stuff we used to deal with as well was well, postal service lost a package, and and now what? So. Right. We always, we always did what we could is to help the customers as well. And, you know, for us, it was, if, if we might've messed up, 
Like there might be something wrong that we did on our end. And a customer most of the time is going to understand that. It's how you fix the problem. And you said it yourself, like a customer, you can turn a, a bad experience that was out of your control into a great experience that is in your control. You're going to have a customer for life. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about the business model and, and how there's a lot of differences I would imagine between, you know, direct, direct to consumer brands, you know, retail, and then into like the distribution and, and dealing with the whole foods and, you know, some of these other customers versus the end user. Was that hard to kind of figure out there? Uh, yes. Uh, retail is, is a, a, a jungle, uh, and to, to try to understand retail, um, takes a lot of skill and experience and expertise. So most, most items sold in retail work through a distributor. Um, so there's, there's a middleman between you and the store, but understanding how the economics work, um, you know, you have to sell it to the distributor, the distributor sells it to the store and the store sells it to the customer. So, you know, you can't produce something, um, that is not accessible to the customer. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, no one's going to buy a $19 jar of pasta sauce at, at Walmart. It doesn't exist. So you yeah. can have, you know, you have the best product in the world, but if it's not accessible to the customer, then uh, you're setting yourself up for failure. And, um, you know, understanding that piece in retail, very, very important and making sure that you have the right margins place to be able to support the brand and to market it and to, you know, spend a considerable amount of time dealing with deductions and damages and scan backs and, uh, you know, all of the, the important elements of running a successful retail business. That's all, uh, you know, things that we've learned over time and, uh, very important, uh, uh, pieces of, of running a successful retail business. Um, direct to consumer is different where, you know, you, you have the ability to own more of the experience and, and to own more of that relationship. Um, but the volume just isn't there. I mean, um, for us, you know, we're not going to sell 10 million jars of sauce through our website. Um, can we possibly do that in the retail sign? Absolutely. So you have to have a clear direction, uh, into where you want to invest your time and your efforts. And it doesn't make sense to spend, you know, a considerable, considerable amount of time and resources in direct to consumer. Yes. Does it make the same amount of uh, sense to do that in retail? Yes. So if you can do both together, um, I think that, you know, you'll ultimately snowball and they will both just continuously complement each other as the business and the brand grows. And to bring us back to the omni-channel strategy and the approach, you know, this ties into, you know, what you were talking about with the QR codes and everybody gets that QR code, regardless of where they get the product and they get to feel like that customer experience, that touch point is there and they can feel like they're part of the brand, which I know from experience, a lot of, a lot of brands, when they get to that distribution level and they try to figure out, you know, the direct to consumer level as well. They forget that they think it, it is definitely two separate beasts, but to the end user, the end consumer, that experience has to be top notch and it has to be this thing 
with the product, regardless of where they get it. And, and to, to nail that and get that down right, like you have is an incredible way to grow your brand. And I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen that, like we've talked about firsthand. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's really rewarding and almost, uh, we're, we're finishing our, our fifth year now. So, uh, it's, it's very rewarding to see, um, you know, all of the important pieces, um, that were, you know, we were all questioning the investments in the early days. We weren't sure if they were right or wrong. Um, but to see, uh, your, your, your time and your efforts pay off and to ultimately see customers happy. Uh, you know, there's, there's nothing better than, than that. And to be in 16,000 stores, what's next? What's next? So, uh, we are pushing big box now. So the Costco's and Sam's and, and BJ's, uh, we are uh, looking at, at getting into Kroger next year as well as, as Wegman. So there's, there's still a decent amount of, of retailers who don't have Yo Mama's foods yet. Uh, and then we. We've been growing on the international side as well. So uh, we started shipping to Mexico, Canada, Australia, Hong Kong, UK, Ireland, and uh, are excited to expand our reach throughout the entire world. That is incredible. I wish you the best of luck with that. I think you've done an incredible job with your company and I'm so excited to have you on this podcast and, and share all the knowledge that you've shared today. So I, I, I thank you so much, David. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, it's a, it's a great honor. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, I've got two more date questions for you. The first one, where can the Remote Star Nation find you? And I know we've talked a lot about the stores, but if they want to know more about the product, they want to research, they want to you know, reach out to you, where, they, where can they find you? Uh, you can find us uh, through our website. You can find us at your local Walmart, Publix, Harris, Heater, Whole Foods, Sprouts, Lowe's Foods. Uh, you can also find us online through Amazon, sams.com, walmart.com, and qvc.com. Excellent. What's the biggest takeaway you can leave the Remote Start Nation with that we hit on today? Biggest takeaway uh, would be that that framework that I, I outlined in the beginning. It's something that I really use a lot. Uh, it's the starting small, thinking big, and scaling quickly. And, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs out there uh, think that they have to start, uh, you know, large. They have to invest, you know, millions of dollars into something. Um, I think that there's huge competitive advantage to starting small and you, you'll enable yourself to iterate as we discussed in, in this podcast and learn and really see what the customer wants and what the customer doesn't want. You know, thinking big and vision, that's extremely important when you're starting anything or running any business. Uh, there needs to be very clear direction on, on where you're going and where you want to go. And that needs to be uh, clearly, clearly communicated with all of your stakeholders. And lastly, scaling quickly. Uh, if you're in the CPG world uh, or you ship to retail or you want to ship towards retail, uh, you need to have the right infrastructure, the right manufacturing presence, the right space to be able to ultimately, uh, you know, grow and, and, and have fun doing it. David, that's incredible. Thank you again. Remote Start Nation, I hope you learned as much as I did today and can put some of what David shared with us to work for you today. From the bottom of my heart, thank you all for joining me on this journey as I help you to start a business, grow your brand, and connect with your community. Remember, leave a comment, 
subscribe and share this episode with your community who you think could learn from what you heard here from David today. Go get yourself some Yo Mama Spoon. <laughs> get, get some get some pasta sauce, some salad dressing. Check it out. Until next time, go start today and go build the lifestyle you desire by taking action. Well, we've come to the end of another episode. I want to thank you for allowing me to share my passion of bringing people together through business and branding in hopes to connect you with your community. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Woodward Movement, the leader in brand identity, branded merchandise, and brand delivery. Check out our remotestartpodcast.com for more episodes and our social channels to join the conversation, access show notes, and discover our fantastic free resources to help you build a strong community for your business. I'm Jim Doyon. Thank you for connecting.